This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Ethan Lumen. Fixed in forgiveness. In 1886, the Statue of Liberty was dedicated, and, and there it sits outside of New York City as a, as a bastion of freedom for all who enter our country and all who wish to go to New York City and look out over the ocean and see the statue standing there. It represents for us this, this idea of freedom, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, she stands there tall to announce it to all the world. One thing that struck me as I was reading about the Statue of Liberty, the base of the Statue of Liberty is just as tall as the statue itself. The foundation for liberty is, is just as high and just as important as liberty itself. And, and isn't it so true? In our, in our time, you know, we really have so much freedom. We've been untethered from so many things which have uh, held humans back for centuries, from, from uh, all these things which might hold us down, but I don't think we know any longer what it is that holds us up. What are those things that actually support us? What's at our, at our base and our foundation? What are those things which actually hold up freedom? It's exactly what Paul is trying to get the believers in Colossae to understand in Colossians chapter 2. Verse 8, the verse right before what we read a little earlier, Paul writes to them and says this, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. Philosophy according to human tradition. Philosophy according to the elemental spirits or the fundamentals of the world. Philosophy that's not according to Christ. It's so easy and so tempting. We have 168 hours in a week and how many things we fill that time with from media and social media to, to movies, to games, to sports, to life. And as we live, so much of the way the world works just works its way into us. Those fundamentals um, that, that I, I, as I was thinking about this, those things that we built our lives on, that the world has built itself on, there's just such a stark contrast between the philosophy of the world and the philosophy of Christ. We start with the first one there, Creation. The world believes that, well, you give it enough time, you give it enough chance, and eventually mm, something will happen. Life came out of nothing, and there is no order undergirding it, and there is no purpose to it. It's all just by chance. It all just happened. It stands in contradiction to the Christian message. The Christian message says that God intimately knows every detail of this world. From the smallest cell here on earth to the biggest galaxy eons away, God has put it all together and he has a purpose for all of it. God handcrafted you, he built you in your mother's womb and he has created you for a purpose. That's the message of our God. 
that you have a purpose for being, that the whole world has a purpose. Have you ever felt, have you ever felt like your life was purposeless, meaningless, heading nowhere? That's the philosophy of this age working itself into our lives. When we embrace purposelessness and orderlessness in our own lives, we're living life based on the philosophy of this time. But we know that our lives are full of purpose. God has picked this time and this place, surrounded us with these people for his purpose. The second fundamental human nature. Our world believes that people are generally good. Okay? You can kind of expect everyone to be good, but but we've all been influenced by institutions and systems which have corrupted us. And they've left us marred and damaged. But if we can just find our way back to the essence of what it means to be human, embrace our inner self, we will come to a place again of goodness. Well, the scripture puts forth a very different picture of human nature. The story that Scripture puts forth is one of, well, that humans are selfish. That humans by nature are not good. That we're actually misdirected, misguided, broken. And, well, I think you might resonate with that yourself a little bit. Martin Luther had, had a good image for us. And it's in the age of the iPhone, it, it's even more applicable, I think. He, he said we are curved in on ourselves by nature, right? And as we all walk around on our devices, we even look curved in on ourselves. See, human nature that's corrupt and misdirected helps us make sense of the evil that we encounter in the world. Uh, All the wickedness that's rampant in our society. We say, well, I know what the problem is. The problem is me, right? And each and every person I meet, they're selfish and misdirected and misguided too. Our world doesn't know what to make of evil, because at the core, we, they believe that human nature is good. Where do you put evil? Fundamental building blocks. The next is salvation. If you've watched any show on Netflix or, or Disney Plus or, or uh, tune into any Hallmark movie, watch any sporting event, you know the story of salvation according to our world. Work hard enough. Overcome all those obstacles which are in your way and eventually you will make your way to the top. You will deliver yourself. That's the story of salvation in our world. We hear it over and over again. The story of salvation is different in the scriptures, right? The story of of God says, well, God has actually come down to earth to rescue people. God has broken into human history and he's the one who's the author of salvation. He's the one who's setting us free. He's the one who's rescuing us. Well, you can feel the difference. If you've ever felt like, gosh, I just need to try a little harder. I need to work a little more and then maybe I'll, I'll be able to get ahead. I'll be able to make God happy. I'll be able to make others happy if I can just push myself a little harder. Or if you've ever been in a good place to say, hey, look what I've done with myself. I've really done well for myself. Look at what I've been able to achieve. 
on my own efforts. We, as Christians, we rest secure and have peace because we know God is the one in control of our salvation. The fourth fundamental that I just want to hit today is, is God and eternity, the idea of the supernatural. There's something beyond this world. Our, our world believes that there's nothing beyond the physical. If I can't see it, touch it, feel it, it must not exist. Everything must have a natural explanation. There's nothing outside of this world. Well, this philosophy leads to two different places. It either leads to a sense of hopelessness and despair and anxiety, knowing that there's nothing beyond this. Do we see any hopelessness and despair and anxiety in our society? Or it leads to a a place of sensuality and addictions and consumption, saying, well, if this is all I got, I better make the most of it. If this is all I've got, we're going to party. We're going to eat and we're going to drink and we're going to be merry because tomorrow we're going to die. Either despair or over-excess. That's where a natural life leads. But we don't believe that this is all there is, do we? We believe in a God who stands outside of space and time. We believe in a supernatural realm. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says that God has hardwired eternity into people's hearts. We know that we are eternal beings and that God has life after this life in store. If you've ever felt despair, if you've ever been overcome by consumption and addictions, that's the world's philosophies working itself in. There's a saying, right? If if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, when I was going off to college, my parents uh, you know, they got me some items, and one of them was a laundry basket because I'm going to be doing my own laundry. And I, I used that laundry basket, and then I took it with me to, uh, to get, when I went to seminary to get my master's degree. And then my wife and I were getting married, and I said, hey, I have all this stuff. You know, I, I got a laundry basket, so we'll, we're good. We don't need a laundry basket. And, and she looked at the laundry basket. She's like, I, Ethan, I don't think that's the laundry basket we want. It's not very, it's not very pretty. I said, well... It works though, right? It'll carry dirty laundry. It's worked for five years. And then we, now we have like six kids, or uh, six of us total in our house. And, and I feel like with laundry, I don't know if anyone else is there, laundry multiplies. Every person is like, a, maybe it's even exponential, I don't know. But my goodness, it just it feels like there's always a full laundry basket of dirty clothes. And one laundry basket doesn't do us. Hey, we need, I don't even know how many we have, but we still have that one little duct tape on the handle. And now my wife's like, you use this as a sermon illustration. What are we going to do? We're never going to be able to get rid of this laundry basket. Um, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. See, the world's philosophy will always be good enough to carry our dirty laundry. The way the world works will always work good enough until it doesn't. Friends, the world's philosophy is broken and will only lead to further brokenness. It's broken. We need to fix it. We need to change our fundamentals. And that's exactly where Paul takes us next in Colossians chapter 2. He says, In Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. 
It's a mind-blowing statement. It goes in the face of everything anyone believed at that time. In Jesus, God fully dwells. That means that God and, and people have become one in Christ. That means the, the, the spiritual and the physical have become one in Christ. That means the eternal and, and the temporary have been united in Christ. God has fixed himself to flesh in Christ. Holds the world tight in Jesus. Fundamentally changes everything. Verse 10, you have been filled in him, who's the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, which is baptism. See, in the Old Testament, circumcision was more than a a medical procedure. It was a sign of the covenant. But in the New Testament, baptism has become the sign of the covenant, the the burial, the putting to death of the old and the, the resurrection of the new. And what Paul is trying to say is, cut out the old. Get rid of it. It's been buried in baptism. You've also been raised to new life. So not only has God fixed himself to flesh in Christ, Christ has fixed himself to you in faith. Do you get that? You're connected with God forever because of Jesus. And already you've been buried with him. Already you've been raised with him. You are connected to God forever because of Jesus. How radically that changes our life and our perspective and our foundation, an eternal foundation in Jesus. And Paul goes on. He wants to make it even more clear. He says in verse 14 that that God has canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. So not only have we gone through burial and, and resurrection, not only have we gone through the baptismal process, but we've been, well, we've been separated out, if you will. He says, all those sins were nailed to the cross. This has led to, a, verse 15, disarming the rulers and the authorities and everything which stands against you, condemning you. All those things that make you feel guilty and ashamed. All those sins that hang over your head. Now they only hang on the cross. Your sins are fixed to the cross. You can look to the cross of Christ and say, there is where I was forgiven. There is where my sins stay. All of our sins are fixed to the cross, even as we are fixed to Christ. Friends, this is true liberty. This is true freedom. A a monument that stands for all the world to know that they are freed in Christ, connected to God through him, forgiven because our sins are fixed to the cross and free because we are fixed to Christ. We all get 168 hours each week. We 
as Christians have a fixed time, I guess it changed a little bit. You know, you, all, all of you 1035ers, everyone tune in online. It's like, I enjoyed that hour of sleep this morning. There was nothing going to throw me off. Who's here for like the first time ever because it's daylight savings time? Yeah. As far back as the, as the Bible goes, God has given his people fixed times to come and worship him. In John chapter 12, Jesus was at the Passover feast and a fixed place. Jerusalem, which Psalm 99 talks about, his holy mountain. God chose that mountain for his people to come to. He chose that mountain for his son to be crucified on. And he's given us a fixed people. You look around the room and maybe there's some faces that you've known for decades, right? These people who you've been fixed to as the body of Christ. We are that visible sign for the world. This is the visible sign. This place, this time, these people as we celebrate what God has done for us. Because friends, everything that's broken, the philosophy of this world, each and every person, all of us, our, our lives, our hearts, everything that's broken is fixed in Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.